Father God, right here, right now, during this Christmas time, we just want to worship you and praise you. Thank you for the gift that you gave, Lord Jesus Christ, that we might have life and that our life might have meaning and purpose. Father, bless each one here today and help us to leave this place knowing that we've been in your presence, that we've worshipped you and that, that you've taught us. And Lord, I just want to just praise your name and worship you. Bless this gift. Bless the giver. Honor and glorify yourself in it. In Christ's name, amen. of Ephesians when it says this, be ye subject to one another. Roe Henry Van Dyke, will you listen to this? Are you willing to forget what you've done for other people and to remember what other people have done for you? To ignore what the world owes you and to think what you owe the world? To put your rights in the background and your duties in the middle distance and your chance to do a little more than your duty in the foreground? To see that your fellow man, men are just as real as you and try to look behind their faces to their hearts, hungry for joy, to own that probably the only good reason for your existence is not what you're going to get out of life, but what you're going to give to life. To close your book of complaints against the management of the universe and look around you for a place where you can sow a few seeds of happiness. Are you willing to do these things? Then you can keep Christmas. Are you willing to believe that love is the strongest thing in the world, stronger than hate, stronger than evil, stronger than death, and that the blessed life which began in Bethlehem 1900 years ago is the image and brightness of eternal love? Then you can keep Christmas, and if you can keep it for a day, why not always? Why not indeed? Finally, if you want to keep Christmas all year long, you'll begin to put more emphasis on the necessary and less on the new and the novel. Have you ever noticed that what happens at Christmas is that we begin to, you know, we, 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 the things that are important at Christmas are those old and tried and traditional things. Have you ever noticed that? I mean like that old tinsel star that you've always had. You know, you can get, you can get a new one anywhere and charge it. But you get out that old tinsel star that you've always had, you put it back upon the tree. And you get out that old manger scene that you've had forever. It's chipped up and old, but it's just important because it's traditional. And you get those colored lights that you've always had on trees that your kids enjoy, and you put those back up on the tree because they're familiar, they're traditional. What God seems to be saying in the Christmas story is this. You can have all kinds of new and novel things, but there's a time in a person's life when he must come down to the basic, fundamental necessities of life. And so he was born wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And when he learned to talk, he said... Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I don't suppose that Jeremiah was, had any idea about Christmas when he made this statement. Come and stand in the ways 
and see and ask for the ancient paths which is good and walk therein for you shall find rest unto your souls. The ancient paths. Christmas is not saying that we're to be bound by the shackles of the past, but Christmas is saying if we keep the spirit of it all year long, that we are to come back to the fundamental necessities, the basic things of life, to the ancient paths that have been tried and found true. I'm talking about the ancient paths of a sturdy self-reliance. This, this dependency to lean upon other institutions and governments bothers me. I'm talking about the ancient, path, the ancient path of veracity and honesty. This plain old garden variety of unaltered truth is, is old-fashioned to some folk. But let me tell you something. Our whole society is based upon truth-telling and and mutuality of trust, and if we lose confidence in one another and in, and, and, and in our governmental leaders, then the whole society will collapse. Henry Cabot Lodge was right when he said, lying is social suicide. Talking about the ancient path of moral integrity. Someone said, what does Christmas mean to you? And he said, Christmas means that the owner of the universe has stepped down to see how I'm doing. I drove away from my mother's house after spending a couple of days with her last week. She's reaching 80 and very senile and struggling with senility and, and etc. And I thought as I drove away, you know, probably, you, uh, you know, if we spend very many more Christmases together, it won't be, it won't be many. In fact, if, if she makes it through this year without having to have some care in a nursing home, I'll be really surprised. And that was kind of sad. And as we talked uh, there on, uh, in our visit, she, she shared with me, she said, well, I guess I'm doing pretty good. Most of all my friends have died. And, and, and that's true. And what, what friends that are left are you know, in the nursing home and are incapacitated mentally or physically. And about the only people you know, that, that know her or remember her she lived 40 years in the same house on a farm. She's a very uh, she's not that extroverted, and so the only people who really remember her are the Sunday school pupils she taught in church. And she had these cards and these little gifts of these girls that she taught for 26 years in Sunday school. And when she dies, and we have her memorial service about the only people who will ever even know she lived are those girls and a few friends who are left. And I thought about it since that time. You know, 
that old cliche, "'Tis on, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for God will last." And isn't it a tragedy that we spend our lives with the new and the novel and we pass from this scene without leaving anything that lasts. Nietzsche was right, and he wasn't a Christian. As a matter of fact, he was a violent infidel, but he made a true statement when he said, when one has a why for life, he can bear just about any how. And what he meant by that was that when a person has a purpose for living, it doesn't matter how difficult life is for him. And when he grew old enough and learned how to talk, he said, I have come that you might have a reason to live a why. And if you keep Christmas all year long, you'll find that reason and you'll live it out. And so Scrooge made that rash promise, I'm going to keep Christmas all the year. I wonder if he did. We don't know. Been great if Charles Dickens could have given us a little, you know, well, it is kind of a happy ever after story, but, but it would be good if he could just kind of tell us how he did it. You know, it does seem like that, that might be one of those resolutions that you make in the heat of the emotion. You know those, don't you? And we all know how short a space there is between resolution and dissolution and how difficult it is to keep grand promises. Out of the world they come chanting their Christmas song, gentle and kind to Christ-like mind, joining the happy throng. Back into the world they go, back where he strives with men, where hate blasphemes and lust destroys his dreams. Say, will they serve him then? And that's the question. Will we keep the Christmas all year? Well, it all depends on our relationship with the Christ. For no one can keep the spirit of unselfishness and generosity and forgiveness and reconciliation without some divine assistance. It all depends on whether or not he's in right relationship with the God who empowers man. For keeping the spirit of Christmas is living the spirit-filled life. For the fruit of the spirit is love and joy peace and peace and that and etc. Et so I guess it all depends on whether or not the Holy Spirit is in control of your life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this is such a special day and such a beautiful service and such a meaningful time. And we've gathered here from the cold, the cold of the world, the cold of the weather, to find the warmth of love and fellowship and worship. 
and to hear again the challenge that Christmas brings and to feel in our heart the burning desire to keep the spirit of Christmas all year long. And I pray now for those of us who are halting for between the decisions and opinions of, of, of life that you'll lead us to the place where we are committed to the Christ who came and lived and died and rose again because I pray it in his name and I ask it for his sake now look here just a moment we often come to the service to a, to a service and we we listen to the sermon and we go away the same as we were when we came. The invitations this morning are for you to make those advances, those steps, those decisions that are necessary for you to walk with God in fellowship and harmony, peace. The invitation are these, first, to come claiming Christ as your own Savior, personal, living Savior and Lord. Second invitation for you to come and place your life in the church as God has led you today to that decision or to rededicate yourself to Christ. We're not going to tarry long, and so if you'll come, you'll need to come right at the first while we stand, we sing together.